0: Hello, hello, I'm your host, Caroline Chambers, and this is So Into That, the podcast where I invite really cool people to tell us all about something that they are really into right now. Welcome back, it's week three, and I've been having a lot of fun with this podcast. It was exciting to launch, and then really exciting to have Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen on last week. And now this week, we get to chat with one of my favorite internet friends. And by internet friend, I mean someone who has transcended just being a fellow creator and actually become um, a friend. And that doesn't just mean that we like like each other's shit. We actually text all the time. And anytime I need help, uh, I'm like... You know, I'm I'm not good at video production and content creation. I'm good at recipes, but I'm not good at like actually creating the videos. Like that's where I struggle. Anytime I need help, I call my friend Anela Malik. Anela is a former U.S. diplomat, and she was living in Jordan and started. Basically documenting like her travels around the city, the restaurants she was going into, and she realized, wow, this is something I really like. Uh, sharing travel tips and restaurant reviews. And when she got back to DC, she decided to make a go at this content creator thing, and she is so good at it. If you follow Anela Malik um, on Instagram or TikTok, her name is Feed the Malik. Her content is so gorgeous that it'll make you want to unfollow me immediately uh, and just like be embarrassed of my content. She's also hilarious and awesome and just a really great person to have in my life. And I feel so lucky to have her in my life. And I am really glad that I now get to bring her joy, her joie de vivre, her hilarious takes on dating and you know life post divorce and she's just super honest and open and vulnerable about what that's been like and also what it's been like to like have her renaissance and how she did that and how she got to where she is today i'm so excited to share anella malik with you okay so where were you most recently on your travels where are you just coming back from houston which was oh yes i saw <laughs> you went to a food festival and there was not enough food <laughs> is this
1: right yes and it was such a shame oh. because i was so excited um Dang it. the it was food and music and the musical acts were amazing i don't know oh. if you listen to r&b but yeah. the headliner the first night was miguel and i've seen him live before and his live performances are phenomenal like that it'll be just him on the stage with like a pianist a guitar player and a drummer and you're like this is the best show i've ever seen And then the headliner the second night was Mary J. Blige. What? But I couldn't get any food. (laughs) So you're like, okay, love you, Mary J. Blige, but I'm starving.
0: I can't even – I'm hangry at a Mary J. Blige show.
1: And there was no reentry because I would have left and gotten food and come back, right? As one does. For the music. Sure. But no. So you didn't even go to Mary J. Blige? No. Fuck. Fuck. Well – Okay, have you seen the
0: documentary? Oh my god, this might be my thing that I'm so into, but I have another one we have to discuss. Have you seen the documentary Firefest on of <laughs> Have you? Of course. Of course, of course. I that is my I think it's my
1: favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say this was as bad as Firefest. No, no, but no, no, no. Pretty no. bad. And there there's just like moments throughout the the I only went to one of two days, um, even though I had access the second day. Yeah. But there was moments that first day You're where starving. I was like, "You've got to be fucking kidding me!" And then, of course, I decided to just drink because I couldn't eat. Obviously, and so um, then, and so then, what happened to Nella? But then the bars started running out of alcohol at no. like seven p.m., and I was like, "It's cold. Like there's a cold spell in Houston. We're I'm out very drunk. Like, like I need help. Okay, I can't do uh. this." I'm so
0: sorry. That's so bad. Okay, well that's something that we're really not into. Uh nothing like a food festival that doesn't have enough food. What is something, Anella, that you are really
1: into right now? Okay, I'm going to scandalize part of your audience. The other Let's part will get it. I'm totally into vibrators right now. Let's so, go. Um scandalize I got divorced. Us. I got divorced early 2023 and it was terrible and traumatic. 10 out of 10, do not recommend. Um, And the first, in the early stages of the divorce, when I was like going to hella therapy and like trying all these, I tried a bunch of different types of therapies as well, which I think were super effective. But I decided that I wasn't gonna date until I felt like I was not grieving anymore. Yes. But as someone who loves physical intimacy and is very sex positive, I realized that the thing that could push me into letting men into my life before I was ready Was missing sex, Mm -hmm. and so instead, I just continued with therapy and bought hundreds and hundreds of dollars of really cute designer vibrators, and they're amazing. All that
0: cash on therapy and vibrators, and like, I wonder which one, you know, (laughs) really got
1: you out of the hole. (laughs) Definitely therapy, but vibrators (laughs) made it so that as I was climbing out of the hole, I wasn't just like latching on to the first man who gave me attention. Yes, that is such an interesting because. I mean, people always talk about, like, your rebound person. Like, you have to have a rebound. You have to have a rebound. Like, do you? Maybe you can just, like, rebound with yourself. I'm, I'm trying to have rebounds now, but I'm like... <laughs> ready. And I feel like I'm not grieving and I feel uh-huh. confident in myself, but I'm trying to rebound into things that are like honest and exactly. healthy and fun and pleasurable. Exactly, and like Not like some not fuck boy rebound.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is wonderful. I feel like we need to know, I'm going to get a link from Anella on, she's done the research for us. What her favorite is, your thing that you are into segues really nicely into my thing that I'm into because, okay, this is episode three of So Into That. This is the thing that I am most into probably of all the things that I'm into. And I had to save it for you to talk about with you because we love smutty books. <laughs> of course. We love smutty books. Anella and I are – Smutty books, biggest fan club. We love them. We love talking about them. We love sharing recommendations. Here's why I'm so into smutty books. I started reading, instead of reading like literature, I started reading (laughs) smutty books three years ago now. Yeah, about three years ago. And it is honestly, It sounds so stupid. It has changed my life. It is my, like, Biblio Xanax. I tune out of my – I've got three little kids running around all the time. You know, we're both entrepreneurs. My mind is not here. My mind is on some, like, sometimes moronic, sometimes super sexy, sometimes um, dragon-based, like, fantasy world, you know, smart – I'm in a different place. It's not even about the sexy scenes anymore so much as it is just like, I'm in a different place. This is so unlike my life. Like when I'm reading, like, uh, I mean, I love you and Patchett, but I'm not like getting transported out of my life, you know? And I sometimes just need to
1: be straight out of my life. Why do you love smut, Anella? Because you and I, we love smut. Okay, so I discovered smut on accident. I was a voracious (gasps) reader as a child, and I really got into sci-fi and fantasy and then i think i was in high school and i had basically read the those entire sections yeah. in our library oh, and God, i just like jealous. stumbled upon this like fantasy romance book and i remember being like what the fuck is this and then i read it and was like i hadn't had sex at the what time the fuck but i was fuck like what this? i need this and that was the beginning of a lifelong journey reading about um, mythical creatures, people, all sorts of sexual combinations. Yeah. Um, And I do find it to be a nice escape from reality. So Mm -hmm. I studied politics. I worked in politics before. Yeah. And now being on social media, I have to say I love my job, but the environment can be extremely negative. It can be extremely negative. And you Mm. know what? I want to read about dragons falling in love. That's like mythically, actually, they can morph into people and then the people fuck. Like that seems like a great escape. They can,
0: they can like go back in time if they feel like it. If they discover the right like stone up on a mountain, I don't know what they're going to do. But I do know that my toddlers cannot do any of that. And so when I'm reading about them, I am not thinking about my toddlers, my life, my <laughs> deadlines. Ugh! People who don't read smutty books,
1: I feel sad for them. Everything. Yeah. I I I just also feel like there is a sense of judgment associated with S.M.A.D. And I, as someone who's like very, I consider myself sex positive, right? I just think sex is a part of life and we should just embrace it in whatever ways feels healthy and natural to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, so, of course, literature could and should be a part of that.
0: Yes, I can't. When people make fun of me, I mean, most of my friends still pick on me for reading Smut. And my mom was just here and she like reads only literature and she also of course like cannot figure out audible and she was going on a trip and she was like can you download a book from your audible i was like i was like mom i will 100 percent log you into my audible if that is the journey that you want to go on right now and she was like oh god just you know because she obviously follows my instagram she was like i just can't understand why you read all that trash i was like you know what you had sex to make
1: me I had sex to make your grandkids. What is the problem? So my mom asked me for book wrecks, and I'm like, I can give them to you. Yeah. Do you want I, them? But with with my mom, we've gotten to a you. place where she's like, Do you have any steamy book wrecks? I do tend to send her the ones that are like like steamy, bordering on romance, because sure. I read some unhinged shit. Like sure, sure, sure. Once you, especially
0: you, like you've been reading, you've been a romance reader since high school. I'm a new, I'm a, I'm a 30, I I became a romance reader in my thirties. I have a whole world to go and I already every now and then get myself into a real pickle, if you will. Like I just got a Kindle for the last, you know, time that Amazon marked it 50% off. I finally got a Kindle and I got a Kindle unlimited subscription and oh, my god,
1: so Kindle Unlimited is the best worst thing on the planet because a lot of the books yes. on there are just like really trash. Like, T, capital T, <laughs> I love it, but then you never know what the quality of the story is going to be when you download yes. a book on Kindle Unlimited. And also, I feel like Kindle Unlimited is more likely to have the shit that's really unhinged, unhinged, Hinged. and then you're like, well, I'm already halfway through, so I'm gonna finish this. Of course. <laughs> I started reading. Yeah, I went on a deep, um,
0: like a real deep dive of hockey smut. Have you ever been on that
1: journey? It's so I went on the kind of hockey fun. journey, which is interesting because I don't are. give a shit about sports. Any not, sport. not a shit, not a single sport either. Um, nope. I don't know the I don't know the rules in hockey. Like nope. you could take me to a game and I'd be like, "They're hitting what's, things." What's and a if, puck? Ice. yeah. But I will read.
0: Every oh. hockey
1: book, like like I care. And now, like, my husband, who
0: I am very attracted to, love you, George, if you listen to this, he is, like, five ten, hundred seventy 170 pounds, and suddenly my type is, like, 200, 250, 6'4". I'm like, where did this come from? Oh, because my Kindle won't stop feeding me hockey porn, and now I'm like... How did, okay, so anyway, i went deep down the hockey, down the hockey world of romance, and I got linked up, got linked up with this book called. I'll I'll correct it in the show notes if I'm wrong, but I believe it's called. It's like Pucking called Pucking
1: Around. Around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it all. has
1: like twenty thousand reviews, like five
0: stars. So I was like, oh, perfect. My next light read, ma'am.
1: <laughs> Not a light read, an Not enjoyable
0: read. A quite enjoyable. So I I go on a trip with a bunch of friends that weekend. All these friends pick on me for reading romance. And my friend Mark's like, what are you reading right now, Caro? And I was like, I'll show you what I'm reading now. I hand him one of the passages, the four on, no, three on one passages and he was like reading it out loud and all of a sudden he realizes what is happening he's reading it to like 10 people and everyone's just looking at me like this is what you read and I was like I just need to make it very clear there are not normally more than two people it's normally just two people but I can't stop reading like once you start and like she adds another guy and then you're in it it." I have to
1: know what happens how is this all gonna work out so anyway I mean, you've had kids like I'm like, at this point, you've, you've seen it all. You've done it all. Like, it's just a book. It's okay. You know, just be to be okay. Clear, I've not done it. All. <laughs> I've had kids with, one there was person.
0: one person involved in that act. Two people. Two, two. Oh there God. were not three hockey players involved in that act. Uh, but now that I know it's a possibility, I don't know we'll see next time. Um, <laughs> Okay, Anela, you just mentioned that you used to work in politics. You were a diplomat.
1: Yeah, I was a diplomat before I quit. to Before fuck you on the
0: quit, Internet. you have always had this like massive sense of travel or like adventure, and you've loved travel. Obviously, you were in Jordan as a working as a diplomat before mm-hmm. you became a full time creator. I feel like when we first became friends, it was like three, almost four years ago. And you, I at least think that you were like a food creator. Like I was like, oh, this is my food creator friend, Danella. And you created, you create still, but it used to be really your focus, gorgeous food. I mean, yeah, you've tried to teach me how to make videos like yours a million times. It's really not working. I am so bad. Uh, I feel like now your emphasis has really shifted to travel, Tell me, like, how did that happen? How did you kind of take your audience with you from food to travel? Has that been fun? Like, talk to me about kind of shifting emphasis as a creator.
1: Yeah. So interestingly enough, this shift was something that felt very naturally to, felt natural to me as somebody who's always loved to travel, but it was partially inspired by my ex. Okay. Um, he was way more private than me. And he was like, you filming at home all the time is like really disruptive. And I was like, that's true. (laughs) Like, especially I was doing like recipe stuff at first and I love to cook. And I just found that I didn't enjoy that as much as I enjoyed stuff where I was getting out and about. And then also, yeah, the take into into consideration that other people in your life are – they might have different feelings about your content than you do. Yes. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing food, but I'm going to do more restaurant reviews than cooking at home. Yes. Um, Which is like in the travel more. world yeah. more. And I didn't really have a strategy for taking my audience with me other than I'm going to try to do travel and do the dopest shit I can possibly do.
0: Yeah. we um, are <laughs> going to fucking Machu Picchu with just a backpack and you're taking us along. And we like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was really like, especially as a traveler, I'm the type of person who'll try anything as long as I think it won't kill me. And so I really try to bring that spirit to my trips. Like I don't just want to go to the beautiful beaches in Mexico and there's nothing wrong with that. That's amazing. But that's like not really what I want to do with most of my time. So I just tried to be like, what are the best stories I can tell that are resonant and meaningful to me? And it worked, and maybe it's luck, or maybe I just like figured out, you know, really the formula, or it's a combination. But I'm your videos are
0: insane, so there's that going for you. Like your your videos are some of the most beautiful, I think that I see out there. You get the most crisp quality. Your voiceovers are perfect. You like really take us along for the journey. My favorite that you did most recently. I mean, you were in Japan like a second ago, and then you were in the Dominican a second ago, and then you were in Houston yesterday. Like your travel right now is insane. But on your Japan trip, you or after it, I guess you shared this video. Will you please tell us kind of the brief story of, Oh, my adopted uncle, your adopted uncle.
1: <laughs> okay. So yeah. Can You
0: tell us kind of give us, give it to me. Cause that video, I was like, Oh, <gasps> I couldn't, be- I, I was
1: flabbergasted. Yeah. So actually I said at the beginning of 2022 that one of the themes I wanted to explore in my work was my own history. Like I think that I put a lot of effort into telling other people's stories and they are valuable. I really enjoy doing that. But I realized I don't have a lot of documentation of our own family stories. A, like I think Black families often struggle with that because if you go past a generation or two there's often not a lot of records of us Mm -hmm. and then on top of that like my dad died when i was in my early 20s so i don't have that oral storytelling tradition from him him anymore and my mom's getting older and i just realized like i want to be the keeper of our family records whatever the fuck that means um so when we have family vacations now, I make a vacation video that I never share publicly. It's just for the family. And it's like oh. the nieces and nephews and the little kids. And I try to take really good photos when we're on family trips and family vacations. Then I edit them and I upload them in a Google Drive. And it's funny because my siblings would be like, oh, there she goes with her phone again. You know, she's always got to take photos. And then they'll be like, so? you're welcome. They're like, is the Google Drive ready?
0: <laughs> you're welcome, for um, my phone being out all the time
1: <laughs> so when we when I had the opportunity to go to Japan I realized that and it just kind of happened like this is a travel partner that I've worked with for years intrepid travel that I love they've been amazing to work with and, and they you were like, host trips with them yeah I host trips with them as well yeah And they were like, you know, we, Japan's reopening because Japan had a strict closure in the early phases of COVID. And so we really wanna get people excited about that. And I was like, I literally have my grandmother's funeral in Japan in the fall. So if there's a trip that aligns with the funeral, I could just go and then, you know, finish the trip, finish the work portion and go for the family portion. And that kind of worked out. It was all serendipitous. And I realized that I had, I had to tell this story because it was like a legend in our family. Right. I'm sure you have like your uncle tells this wild story at Christmas or Thanksgiving. And like, you don't really know how true it is, but you've there heard a it lot more time like time.
0: redneck than the story that you're about to tell. <laughs> it's like okay. uncle Jim drove his tractor off. of.
1: <laughs> but I still think that's like, I would still yes. be like, yeah, I'm you're right. It. You're right. You're right. So the story that I had heard was that once upon a time, my grandma is, She was Japanese, but she lived in Switzerland for most of her adult life. And she met a young Japanese traveler who was in Switzerland. He was young and broke. That's that's like what I had heard. And what I came to learn was that he had been panhandling in a train station, like very like, oh, I'm just gonna backpack Europe until my money runs out. And then I gotta find a way to get get home. And she essentially, my grandmother was very proper, was like, what are you doing? And they became friends. She went friends. up to him. On the yeah. Street. She went up to him. And she. Um,
0: in, she said this in Japanese. They're in Switzerland.
1: Yeah. She basically yeah. was like, What the hell are you doing? And was like, You can help yourself to my leftovers. And I said, like, I think she took him back to either her studio, she was an artist, or her apartment and fed him. And they became friends. And he, at the time, was young and he saw her art. She was a painter. And he said that one day I'm going to make enough money to buy some of your artwork and she gave him some advice which he credits with his success actually she told him that you know he needs to have some ambition he needs to be have a goal some sort of guiding light that he's working towards he really took that to heart and he still talks about it to this day so he eventually built this very successful uh, sweets company in Japan they have 10 locations they make 240 types of sweets and Um, he, you know, he's a successful businessman. So he made enough money to buy some of her art. He bought one piece and then another piece and then another piece. And they became very close. He became like an uncle. Um, and eventually he helped build her a museum in Japan. There's a private museum for her artwork that he essentially helped fund. He bankrolled (sighs) and the museum is right next to his first sweets shop. So it's like they share a parking lot. <laughs> and so when I went to Japan and we were at my grandmother's funeral, the funeral was at her museum. No. And he had helped arrange this whole thing, right? Because he's like our family in Japan that's really connected yeah. to her. And it was just the most beautiful. And if you look at my TikToks, like his family picked us up at the train station. They had rented these little microbuses to drive us around for three days. And they had like a full printed itinerary for us and at uh, the top I was like this is like version three like how many how many itineraries did they go through um so many to make and he's he's just like very funny and sweet and that's how he became part of the family
0: it is the coolest story like talk about taking a chance on somebody like I see somebody panhandling on the street and I throw them a quarter if I have it in my pocket and taking the time to stop and have a conversation changed the course of their entire lives and yours. Yeah. It's such, it's such a cool story. It literally gives me goosebumps all over my body. Okay. You mentioned you just got divorced. You, I have loved in a, um, because I am always rooting for you and your success. I have really appreciated that you've taken us, your audience like on that journey in a way obviously there's so much left out and you're protecting your your privacy um in so many ways but you have given us this glimpse into what a divorce looks like in 2023 for a 30-year-old woman and i think that's so cool because divorce is so common and yet Did nobody you knows what the that. hell to do when <laughs> You're, yeah, no one talks about it. Everyone deals with it silently until it's all resolved. And you, I mean, if you are a person who's going through a divorce right now, listener, just scroll back on Anella's feed and she'll give you kind of the playbook on how, I don't know, how you came back from it and like how you rebuilt your life, literally from how you got an apartment, put furniture in it. Obviously, you, you know, have shared a lot of highs and a lot of lows, Looking back now, it was many months ago now, what was the hardest part and then what has been just, because I see so much joy in your videos and just in your face right now, what has been, what was the hardest part and remains the hardest part maybe, and what has just been like, yes, like this is my moment, I've got this, like, I don't know if easy is the right word or like best is the right
1: word, but what's something about this process that you've been like, let's go. Okay, so uh, the hardest part remains to this day, channeling my anger into more productive avenues. I decided very early on that I did not want to have the process of divorce devolve into us fighting each other. But when I tell you that I still feel like shit was really fucked up and I feel very wronged, and it's very hard for me to just be like, I feel really wronged. Okay, you can... You know keep the cats and like okay this is fine like it's very hard to negotiate with someone when you're coming from a place of hurt but i i decided early on that all of that energy that i could spend fighting this person i could spend rebuilding my life and i do think that was the best decision i made but it was the hardest and there are still moments still moments where i'm reminded of these like little indignities where i'm like i want to burn this motherfucker's house down Ugh, And then i'm just... like okay mella you're gonna do something else today <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, that um,
0: uh, sounds really hard.
1: Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, even in the way that I crafted my content, I don't care. I don't care about privacy. Like, I will talk about anything because I'm not ashamed of any parts of my life. But I realized that if I really delved into what had happened, even though I wanted to, because I wanted to feel vindicated, I wanted to feel heard, and I wanted yes. to feel like people understood me. And to have your hundreds of thousands of people who adore
0: you and love you fucking be there for you. And like, I I want people to
1: understand. Yes. But I realized if I did that, then I would forever be tying my story to this person's story. I don't want people to Google me in five years and get the nuanced, like intimate details of this Uh divorce drama. I want Uh them to Google me in five years and see me thriving without that being attached to it. So it was very hard because you know what, when you feel hurt, it's very difficult not to drag someone. (laughs) It sure Um, is. Yeah. So that was the hardest part. And there've been like lots of really exciting moments, but I really feel like the last two months that I'm, I don't feel like my old self because what happened to me has fundamentally changed me, but I feel like I've begun reemerging into a new self who has the best parts of my old self, like some of that swagger back and some of that confidence, but is just like a little bit more, not even cautious, just a little bit more of a realist. Um, Love that. Not cautious, just realist. Yeah. And, and it's hard. It's not easy. Like, I don't want anyone listening to this who's going through a separation to be like six months and it's done. And it's and that's not the fucking case. And not when you've been with someone for years and years and years like it's very hard to adjust to this new reality and even the good parts of the new reality can remind you of what you lost um but there's like there's i there's little wins all the time right like i got an apron because when you start over you don't unless you're wealthy which kudos to you but that's not my reality you buy what you need first and you save the little things That you want that would be convenient last so like I got a bed first and a dining table because I spent two months without anywhere to sit in my apartment and and then I like put off getting a tv and an apron because those were like wants but they weren't needs and so now I got a tv and an apron and I was like a bitch can like really make a meal and then sit down and watch a show wow bitch has an apron It was like the little things you know yes um, And I also will say, because the number one question I get about divorce is about dating and uh-huh. relationships post-divorce. Okay. So I'm just going to throw that out there because I feel like it's what people ask me about every day who have been through yeah, a traumatic relationship end is like, I'm glad I didn't hop into dating. I'm glad I waited until I felt more whole. Yeah. And even though I have been therapized to death... <laughs> And I'm oh, an extremely yes. self-aware and confident person. Uh, in, dating is going to be difficult. And you need a core group of friends who you can share the difficult parts with. Um, and that's that's just something that I think we have to acknowledge. Like, people are always like, when are you going to start dating again? And I'm like, I I struggle with letting a man walk into my apartment, even if he's yeah. just a friend. Okay? Like, yeah. You got to, you got to like I just signed the papers. It's going to take a little bit. I'm, uh. I'm now open to dating and I'm starting to date. And let me tell you, putting yourself out there is quite difficult when you like realize that that requires lowering your walls a little bit.
0: Yes. Wait, can I ask, how are you putting yourself out there? Like, what are you doing to re-enter the dating world after being married? Oh my God, we're going to get into it. Okay. So Let's
1: go. I, just, just a little bit. I'm not using dating apps because okay. I don't like the idea of swiping on people. I think the commodification of human beings is troubling and it encourages us to treat the people we're dating like a game and I'm not playing that game. It's literally but, a game. Yeah. Yeah. So but weird. I'm very social and I'm very outgoing and That's my work weird. and my personal life have me in social situations all the time. So, um, at first men were asking me out and I was just like, nope, cause I wasn't ready. It was like, bla, 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 bla. Don't <laughs> um, look at me. It's <laughs> like, don't even, don't even breathe at me. Okay. Like, ugh. I like and you also, you probably will go through like a men or gross phase. Like they'll give you the ick. Yeah, and like, then when that starts strumble. to subside, it will shift. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you um, become
0: obsessed with like six foot five, two hundred fifty <laughs> pound hockey players.
1: I was always obsessed with them. Uh, I dated a, so a very jealous. like I dated a very B string NFL player in undergrad. Why was I dating a grown ass man? But he was fine. Why he was not? Huge. He was huge, and I just realized that I need a big boy. Okay, like that's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
0: sorry. Back to your current dating life, not your college dating life.
1: So. I find that I now am a little bit more demanding of men who are trying to date me or trying to get to know me. Okay. Uh, I'm just a little bit more, not cautious, but just like I enter with no expectations of like romance or anything other than you show up for me or I just stop replying to your calls. Um, and I just did a big girl thing and literally right before this call, there's a wonderful man who's been very consistently flirting with me and asking me, like, he was like, I'll fly to D.C. to see you because that's neutral territory. And I know you love D.C. and you feel like it's a second home. Maybe you'll feel better there. Really, like, putting it out there. And I've just yeah. been like, nope. And I realized that's me, even though I think this person is great. That's me just not being willing to lower my walls. And that's not the type of life I want to lead Right. Like I don't want to be closed off to opportunity forever, even if it's scary. So literally right before this call, I sent this man a voice message and said the words, well, you live in New York and I have work I could be doing in New York. So I have a trip that like the flight makes the most sense to leave from New York in January. I would like to come to New York and I will be working, but I would also be coming to see you. So, like, how do you feel about that? That's fucking terrifying for someone like me. That's terrifying. And I could have just pretended that I was only going to New York for work because that would be normal for me in my life. I was about to say that. Yes. But I said out loud, I would partially be coming because I want to see you. And that's, like, me consciously being, like, you – I don't want to live a life where I'm closed off. Yeah, you're the and that requires letting people in, and it also requires giving a little bit, like a little vulnerability. I'm coming to see ya. Like, and then I was like, I hate this.
0: (laughs) You've said two things that are like the opposite of how we as women were taught how to like get a man and flirt, and those are number one, that you actually told him, like, hey, I want to see you instead of, uh, you know, I'm beating around the bush and, oh, like, I happen to be in New York. Maybe we'll run into each other because that that just sets you up for disappointment because then he's like, oh, she's not even here to see me. Like, I guess I should make other plans. She's not even here. Like, that. no, I'm here to see you. And then also, like, making – I think you said demands, but it's not even demands. It's just, like, show me that you actually care. Like, we are taught – to make play zero cool. demands and play it coy. And, you know, like if they don't call, we're really cool when they don't, when they finally do call a week later and you are not letting that happen and nor should you. That is, no. what? What kind I, of relationship not,
1: are we setting ourselves up for? I don't want to set myself up for a relationship where the expectation is that someone doesn't have to show up for me. Yep, And I want to set yeah. myself up for a relationship where vulnerability can happen because we create safe spaces for each other. And so, yes, like Uh I am the type of person to evaluate every aspect of this, you know, even communication now, but it's like, I don't want to date someone that I can't be safe enough to be myself with. And if that means I date less then I date less.
0: Yeah. I love that so much. So is this, you've got this one thing going on. Are there other irons in the fire? Just um, give me the
1: deeds.
0: Maybe. Like, this is my smutty romance novel.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it's funny. I told myself I'm not prioritizing dating, and I would just see what pops up in my life. Yeah. And, yeah, there's been some men. Sadly, I'm into men. Um, <sighs> so sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> who I think are amazing. And I'm like, well, you know, if you continue to show up, and like it seems like the vibes are there then let's go out and see what it's like but again for me it's like do you show up and I don't I'm not a cool girl I'm like I'm an emotional girl I have needs and wants and feelings and cool girls (laughs) and if I make you mine like if I'm attached to you in any way like I'm not gonna play it cool with you either I'm gonna show up for you and I'm gonna do nice things for you and I'm so, like, why would I not want that for me? Yeah.
0: I love that so much. I'm so, I'm just watching you come out of this relationship and have a period that was just so hard and vulnerable and raw. And then watching you just like find this joy again, this trip with your family, this trip with your mom, Dominican Republic, bougie ass trip that you just went on. Like, it, oh, it lights me up to see you having this. I don't want to say like I don't coming back, but like I don't know just this like renaissance of who you oh, are. Oh no, I'm just... I'm in my renaissance era for okay. sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're just like better than ever. Like I, you know, I know you have hard days uh as you would and like you said it's not linear, but it's just been a joy to watch you come out of it. Anella, what is something that you are so out on? And I'll let you think and I'll go first. So this mm. is like we know what we're into what is something you're so out on i'm gonna tell you mine first so you have a moment to think mine is and you're gonna like this i saved this one for you too when people on the internet think it's important to tell me something that they didn't like about the content they put out <laughs> for instance a video of me chopping romaine fucking lettuce you know <laughs> I'm just telling you the way that I like to chop romaine lettuce. Cause it's a way that I think is easier and creates a more delightful bite of salad in your mouth. And when you <laughs> tell me that that is not how your aunt Sally taught you how to do it and your way is better because it's fresher and it's crisper. I, I don't care. What am I, I going to do? Take my video down and repost it the way your aunt Sally taught you mind your business. Keep it to yourself.
1: I love that. Um, I think also, like, on the internet, I don't understand why people weigh in when they don't have anything nice to say, but also they're, they're not being constructive. Like, if I see someone posting some heinously, like, racist, sexist, fatphobic shit on the internet, I'll weigh in because I'm like, this is sure. for the good of society. But if I'm, I'm like, I just don't like your shirt someone. today, okay, I'm going to keep that to myself. That has nothing to, nothing to do with anything. Mind your business. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to rapid fire what I'm out on. Um, Oh, God, I'm excited. Creators who constantly complain about the algorithm get the fuck over it. Uh, We all struggle with the algorithm, and it's just part of the job. And when you say no one shows up for you, some people show up for you. There's always a few people. So you're saying that those people don't matter. Uh, Two, being lactose intolerant, why has God cursed me? Um, (laughs) And then the third one- And it's the holidays. Yeah. And then the third one is the romance book trope where she's a fat girl or a curvy girl and she hates herself until some man uh, fucks her and tells her that she's like hot and beautiful and helps her rebuild her self-esteem. Why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we continue writing shit like this?
0: And then, (laughs) and then everyone acts like that author is this hero for, you know, bringing like body positivity. And when I'm like, can we just have a body?
1: (laughs) Also like, just have a body. But like the average woman the body is like a size 16 in America, which is considered plus size. Let's not perpetuate this stereotype that like those women aren't beautiful or fuckable or desirable. Like get out of here with that. Get or everywhere.
0: Having sex (laughs) ready with hot men.
1: (laughs) I'm like look it's it's never held me back so I don't know what to tell you okay I'm good <laughs> I don't need I don't need this
0: Kindle unlimited book to tell me that I can have sex and be worthy Oh wow thank you I might demand that guests now do rapid fire so out ons because that felt good Okay This section is called IRL, LOLs, and it's where we share something that made us laugh really fucking hard this week because sometimes weeks are hard and we need a laugh.
1: Are you prepared? I am prepared. I love this one because I had just gotten one. That was so good. Oh, So it starts with a TikTok. I saw a TikTok that, that it was, I think it was actually an ad for this app, but it started off by saying your BFFs have to be able to answer these three questions about you. Okay. And the questions are one, if I showed up at your house at 1 a.m. without telling you any like what's going on, what would you assume is going on? Okay. <laughs> Two, if I if someone told you, oh, Anella had gone viral on TikTok overnight, what would you assume the video is about? So good. And the third one is if you found out I got arrested, what would you think was the reason? And so I saw this TikTok and I was like, I need these answers from my friends. So I sent I, I sent the TikTok to all my friends and was like, voice record the answers. I might want to use the voice recordings for a video, which I haven't edited yet, but I just want to know what you think. And their answers are hilarious. Like one is like, one of my friends was like, if you show up at my house in the middle of the night, I'm just going to assume you're shit face drunk, which you don't do very often, but like you're, you're convinced that we're all going to join the party. And I'm like, I do that like once a year. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in my twenties anymore. I'm 33. Like that's not. Hey, once a year is like pretty strong. Yeah. In your thirties for that kind of behavior. <laughs> my friend KJ said, if I got arrested, he would assume it's because, and he, he said, I, KJ has like this, like, really casual demeanor you know and he was like i would just feel like it's because niggas don't know you like i know you and you're tiny and you're cute and you seem really small and innocent but i would assume it's because some dude decided to fuck with you and you like snapped and busted his kneecaps and i was like jesus kj but, yes. but, also yes. <laughs> but also yes. But also yes. And I just yes. I just found this to be like a really fun exercise to connect with your friends and yes. ask each other these questions back and forth. They're so good.
0: It's so fun to hear about like what people think of you. I don't know. I think especially as creators, we get like so, as we've discussed, we get so much feedback about who we are and so much of it, obviously, which is why we are able to keep doing it and get out of bed every day, the majority is positive feedback and people enjoying our content and whatever we're putting out there. But when one of my friends, my best friends tells me that they, and I get, you know, 500 people a day tell me, I cooked your recipe, it was so good, great. And I love it. It makes me feel so good. And it's why I keep going. When one of my best friends is like, I cooked your salmon last night for my in-laws and it crushed. I am like,
1: oh, yeah, that's real. that's real. That's real.
0: Uh, what? Like it is touching. And so I think getting that like, and especially because that stuff was hilarious, like hearing actually from real your best friends, it just, ugh. Oh,
1: yeah, Feels no, good. and so I, ha- and I now have all these voice messages and I want to make a video, but I have to figure yes. out like what visuals to go with it, which might you, be
0: interesting. You doing the stuff. <laughs> like you are dancing hammered in a bar for the first one and then the second oh one. Oh my you're like, God.
1: And even for the busting kneecaps one, I did a video. You're talking to dudes. No, I did a video of us going to like a smash house. I brought a bunch of my friends Um, to the house in the early stages of my divorce because my therapist recommended it as therapy. So like me just wailing on old electronics with a bat.
0: Absolutely smashing kneecaps. Oh my God. I'm so (laughs) (laughs) excited. If you get this done, please send it to me so that I can include it in the show notes. Um, (laughs) Okay. My IRLOL is... My son Callum is my middle child and he's like the most stereotypical middle child. He's three and he's just like, he's so funny. We laugh all day long at him. He's like this little gremlin. Like he has this like raspy little voice and like raspy and lispy at the same time. And he's just like always doing naughty shit. So he makes us laugh all the time. We're out at dinner together night, which is an activity that my husband and I Do all the time, despite it always being a complete gong show, um, because that's just what we do. So, we're out at dinner, you know, me and my husband, the three kids like, there's crayons everywhere, there's food everywhere, there's so many margaritas being imbibed because that's how you get through it. And Callum keeps standing up on his chair, and George is like, Callum, stop doing that, you're gonna fall. Callum, stop doing that, Callum, stop doing that, you're gonna, and he goes full ass over tea kettle backwards on the ground his legs go up over his head. And so he's in like a, like a yoga position. Like he's laying on his back and his legs are flipped over his head in the middle of this restaurant. The entire restaurant goes silent because the chair was like, Wapow! his thing. We go silent. Cause we're like shit. And like, you never, as a parent, you never know if you, should say, are you okay? Because sometimes if you say, are you okay? Then they start to cry. So we're like completely silent and we just hear, you could like barely hear him because he's like folded up on himself. Like he's like covered in his own body and he just goes, I'm okay. (laughs) Like like the whole restaurant was like looking at me and George like, oh, are you, are you guys okay? Like, is this, (laughs) what is going on? And it was just like me, my husband and my son Mattis, who's four, all looked at each other and started laughing so hard and it was just one of those like pure moments of parenting where you're like this is the good stuff like this it couldn't get better than this like it couldn't possibly get better than this um okay anella the final question is and i love everything you cook so i'm excited to hear what you say and you have to give me an actual thing that you cook you can't say takeout
1: what do you cook i don't really do takeout which is interesting i don't like me either Yeah, I like, I don't like to it. eat
0: in restaurant. Okay, so you are gonna have a good answer. What do you cook when you don't feel like cooking?
1: Okay, so many things. Overnight oats, which always save me, and you can use like whatever weird stuff is in your pantry—the last of the jam, the last of the nut butter. Like if you have, it's just like anything—berries, nuts. So I, I usually make overnight oats when I'm, like, Ugh, I am like, I am not. I am like, it's gonna be a busy week, and I just stash them in the fridge. Do you make a bunch of jars, or do you make a big tub? I make a bunch of jars because I might. <sighs> I'll make the base and then I might put different stuff on the jars. It's like you have different flavors. So like one will have jam and one will have almond butter and and then it's like you you end set up. yourself up for success, but you also used up the weird bits from the pantry.
0: Okay, I asked because when I make the big tub, I never end up eating it because I'm like this is a giant pile of slop.
1: No, you have to pack I it in deserve the better
0: one. than this. But if I do it in the cute little jars, I can trick myself. <laughs>
1: I find that I'm way more likely to eat things in the fridge if they're packaged in individual, individual. servings. And I, I cook for one now, which has been an adjustment. So I have a lot of leftovers and I, ha- I put them in individual serving sizes and then it doesn't seem so intimidating. Yes. You just grab one. Like you grab one and you can go sit on the couch immediately. There's no work to be done.
0: Okay. Love. Keep going.
1: Uh, beans on toast, which not, not, the, not the British version. Um. Oh, A very Americanized version. So, like, I really like these packaged beans from A Dozen Cousins because they're so well seasoned and they have very good flavors. And so I think they have, like, a Mexican-inspired pinto bean. That one I like with avocado, cilantro, some hot sauce, on toast. Really good. Give me more. I'm toasting the bread. Yeah. Yeah. And um, pouring them straight from the package. Yeah, heat it on from the package on. I I usually toast and then butter the bread. Or if oh, you're if yeah. you want to be very Duh. bougie, uh, toast it in the skillet with butter. Um, that is bougie, and it's always worth it. Beans, flaky salt, avocado, cilantro. If you have tomato, etc. Um, or Whoa. I like using canned beans and making miso beans. So it's basically just like a diced onion. You can use a can of whatever beans. I like like the cannellini beans, the white ones. Yeah, like a white bean. A white bean. Yeah. Um, Miso. You can chop some spinach in there, Um, garlic, whatever. And then just like salt and pepper season to taste, right, until they're like a little bit salty. And then to make them creamy, you can add coconut milk or coconut cream, soy milk, you can use your oat milk creamer that you use for coffee as long as it's unseasoned. Whatever to give it a little bit of a creamy texture, those on toaster bomb with a little that's, Parmesan. That make with Parmesan, miso and Parmesan,
0: underdog of the century pairing. Okay, wait. That's a delicious meal. Would you ever do it like over rice or is this you need the kind of crunchy?
1: So I eat rice like every day. That's the yeah. Asian in me. So I'm like, you can do anything over rice. I will so eat a fried egg over yep. rice in the morning. Um, but I like – toast with beans because I like the crunch
0: yeah whoa that's a really solid I don't think I've ever heard that as a like simple ass meal and I you also got me on to the a dozen cousins uh hashtag unsponsored but they are so good I I see them at all foods now and I grab them
1: because of you and they're they really don't need to be seasoned which is why I'm like yeah because most packaged beans you're like that's great it's just so bland Yes, and yet they
0: have so much sodium and yet they're so bland. You're like,
1: what happened here?
0: <laughs> yeah. Where, what What went wrong? So yeah, okay. beans on toast. Beans on toast, baby. Excellent answer. I have all of those ingredients. I'm going to figure out how to make that. Um, Anella, you're simply the best. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, I love me some Anella. I could talk to that girl all day long. And in fact, we did end up talking for like an hour After that recording, and we are still currently in a text conversation about the boy that she did not share on the podcast. Uh, Maybe she'll come back and tell us more about her dating life sometime soon because I could hear about it all day long. It's like a live romance book. Like, what's going to happen next? Is he going to send you a voice recording back? I don't know. Is he going to come and visit you in Northwest Arkansas? I don't know, but we all have to know. that was episode three. Thank you so much for being here. Again, this is just such a blast. Thank you to Anella for taking the time to share with us and chat with us. You can find Anella on Instagram at feedthemalik. Um, I think TikTok's the same one. I'll put it in the show notes. And then feedthemalik.com is her awesome subscription site um, where she shares great restaurant reviews uh just kind of insights into the like world of being a creator tons of just like opinion pieces and travel tips and she's just has so much to share and she's so good at doing it. So give her a follow on all those platforms. To help make So Into That a success, please be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. You can also find me on Instagram at at Caro Chambers. And of course, you can find me on my Substack newsletter at whattocook.substack. Dot com, and that's a weekly recipe subscription, comes to your inbox every Sunday. And it's a recipe that I know you'll love. So into that is produced and edited by Kevin Leahy and his entire team at Podcast Point Man. Kevin, guys, thank you. I have no idea what I'm doing and you make me look good.